Hey guys, it's Kevin from the Weight Would Have Podcast. Uh, this episode's a little different than I normally do. Um, Dan Mullen was in town. He's been on many episodes. Look in the past if you want to listen to other episodes by him. He's a smart guy, fun guy to talk to. And uh, last night we're like, we were chatting about actually this topic that you're going to hear. And we said, hey, let's just hit record and um, see what we get. Uh, it, it could be controversial, I guess. I don't think it should be because we're just having a conversation. I don't think anything we say is wrong but it, what bugs me is that I actually have to say that you know you can't have a conversation today without saying that some woman just um, wrote an article on the Washington Post how she wished all I kid you not this is on the Washington Post if you don't believe me look it up Victoria Bizzle Brown uh, she wrote this thing about how she tore into her husband for a half hour and how pathetic he was and how he sat there hunched over and nothing he could do, nothing he could do. He couldn't apologize. He couldn't be an ally to women. There was nothing he could do. She basically just tore into men and then said she wished they were all dead. And, and there's nothing, there's no way to describe that, but disgusting. I mean, it's, it's just not right. In today's day and age, the political discourse, the, I don't know if this is a word, the snakery, the um, almost dehumanization of individuals that you disagree with is, it's, I can't be quiet about it anymore. Uh, it, I just see it and I read about it. And it, it, unless you speak up about this, uh, it's only going to get worse because what I find is that there is a vocal minority on both sides and they're painting a bad picture about the overwhelming majority of us who are center, center left, center right, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we are 95% of the population and we're getting the 2.5% on either side are just starting a almost like a social uh, proxy civil war. I don't know if that's the right term, but that's that's what it feels like is going on. So, yeah, I just wanted to put a caveat at the beginning of this episode because we talked about um, uh, the difference between men and women, and um, I don't know. It'll probably offend someone, and if it does, shoot me a text or a a tweet. Tell me why. Um, I don't think I said anything offensive, and I don't think Dan did, but we had a good talk, and uh, there's your disclaimer. Uh, Hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening. Go check out waitwhatif.com. Check out Dilf Sports. You heard me right. Dilf Sports. I'll put the link on the... um, website and I hope you enjoy the show. So I'm not going to sing into that. I was just fake singing on the mic, um, lip syncing. Do they let, do kids lip sync anymore? <laughs> Is that like something that's been dead? I think it's been dead for 30 years. Yeah. They had lip sync contests when I was a kid. Yeah, all the way in high school. I think karaoke kind of took over. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's karaoke when you were in high school as well. There was. It wasn't as popular, but right. it was also uh, like lip sync in middle school. We had the. It was called the Millie Vanilli contest. And uh, even in high school, we had lip sync content. And do you know what? Here's a story. Uh, the Mighty Mighty Boston. So let's let's just get on track here, which is impossible for me in this um, 
podcast, but I opened up with Mighty Mighty Boss Don't Simmer Down for a reason. That was from 1992, I want to say, um, because people have to simmer down. <laughs> I thought about this because I posted something on Facebook, and it started a, as as the politically correct political pundits would like to say. It started a conversation which basically meant that I was completely wrong and out of my mind for stating what I wanted to state because it leaned a certain political direction. And then, um, yeah, so that song is dedicated to people who need to simmer down a little bit. Just relax, have a conversation. The easily triggered snowflakes. Yeah, but see, I don't want to say that because some of the people I argued with were <laughs> friends and family. <laughs> right, always and if awkward. They, if they fall uh, into that category, then I guess... Um, so, tonight on the Wait With a Podcast, we have Dan Mullen. This Dan is a surprise guest, because uh, I was going to do this podcast on another night, and Dan was in town, flew in during yet another hurricane. I don't think this is, this is uh, officially a hurricane, but the wind is a lot worse than it was for the last two hurricanes. We actually had a tree. We had devastation go down in the backyard about uh, 30 minutes ago. Um, we're still recovering from that. Very windy. It's hard. Very hard, traumatic. Very well. traumatic. It's, speaking of snowflakes, <laughs> it was very upsetting for us. So, yeah. So Dan's here. And uh, tonight's, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So the the whole idea of why I want to talk about tonight is because of um, the atmosphere of the world right now. And, and one thing particular is this idea of toxic masculinity, okay? So I had this thought, I guess you call it a thought experiment. It's when you think about something in your head, right, that you wonder, how would I handle this or how would I do this, yeah? Um, And I wondered if my daughter ever, and I I haven't said this yet, but if she ever fell or slid into third base, uh, could I say man up, right? If I say, hey, come on, you got to man up, get back out there. People say people say cowboy up, which I think is just a way to say man up to people who aren't men. Right. But would that be problematic? There will probably be somebody in the stands or a teammate's parent whatnot would probably not be a big fan of that. Because I'm telling a girl to man up. Right. Um, so I'll tell you my problem with that. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it seems silly. It seems silly. You should be able to say something, not have to think this much about it. But um, society has two people. We have the feminine, we have the masculine. And for some reason, lately, we're, we're focusing on half the population. And again, I'm not getting into how you identify. I'm not getting into anything that, like that. But to me, you can say there's 47 genders. No, there's masculine, there's feminine. There's no, I don't know what other genders are there. There might be a mix of the two, but there's two genders. Right. So you could say the third is maybe a mix of the two, and that would be... I, I understand that. All right, sure. Uh, there's people that are more feminine. There's people that are more masculine. But when you when you take away one or when you, when you vilify one, you're basically trivializing half the country. You're saying that there's no benefits to the masculine there's no what, what's that what i'm looking for there's no redeeming qualities in uh in being masculine and i say that if i tell my daughter to man up it's not because i want her to be a man and there's nothing 
there's nothing redeeming about being a woman because that's absolutely not the case at all. Right. Because as, as Gavin... It's not a zero-sum game. Yeah. Well, because women are wizards. Women, <laughs> women make human beings, right? <laughs> that should be their trump card. That should be if you're ever like, oh, can we have steak? No, I want sushi. No, well, I made a human being. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. have sushi or whatever it is. That's true, yeah. Because that's, I mean, without, none of us would be here without women. So women have that trump card. Um, so yeah, I'm not belittling women, but what women, what I'm saying is that men have a quality, right? And our quality, there's a classic quality that we think of. Now, this is where it might get sketchy for people, right? People might get a little, oh, but now you're, you're pigeonholing that all men must fit this. What do they call that? The uh, archetypal male person, I guess. Like a stereotypical. Yeah. yeah. But the stereotypes are for a reason, right? They're usually based on, for the most part, years and years and years of examples. Yeah. So my idea is, so when I think of manning up, I think of like uh, Marcus Luttrell. Right. Marcus mm-hmm. Luttrell was a, a Navy SEAL that was shot. His entire team was killed. He crawled through the mountainsides of uh, Afghanistan. He showed true grit. Now, could a woman do that? Sure. But in, in general, that's a male quality. Um, right. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, that's that. what you would say. And it's not saying that. that and, and I think this is where it's that zero sum game. This is where I think people get in trouble. Is if you I guess say, instead of saying it's a male quality, it's a masculine quality. Yes. To tie in with what you open yes. with. Okay, yeah, you're right. It's a masculine quality. Because where did masculine qualities come from? Where did that come from? I'm asking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a rhetorical. Right. I guess it would be from um, almost like folklore in a sense. Um, so modern, yeah. modern, I guess you would call that, uh, traditions. Yeah. I, I would say even further back. I would say the earliest, the earliest humans, right? They, they lived in groups, small groups, were like pack animals. Mm-hmm. And, and you had to bring a quality to the group or you, you were useless, right? They had to You're survive. Expendable. Yeah. Women developed the, well, first they had the ability to give birth to children and men had the bone structure and the muscle structure to kill bears or kill a woolly mammoth or something to provide right and i think i think those are ingrained in our dna and our genetics and i think it it, it obviously carries over to who we are today right mm-hmm. um my dog my dog I, I heard this great uh i think it's a meme imagine the disappointment of a wolf when he sees a little yorkie poo that's how your grandpa feels when he sees your man bun <laughs> <laughs> uh so my, my Yorkie poo, yes, I have a Yorkie poo. My wife has a Yorkie poo. He lives with me. Um, I never, I you never habitate with a Yorkie poo. That's right. That's right. And I never, ever wanted a small dog. I, I always thought they were annoying. I was like, ugh. but then when we got the small dog, I realized he's just a dog. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know he's small and he acts like a big dog. Like he does all the things that I grew up with Labradors. And mm-hmm. so he, he, he acts exactly like my lab acted, just in a miniature version. Right. Yeah. Less mess. Yes, that's right. So he's a dog. He's, that's what he does. Um, there's a point to that. Oh, the, he, he came from wolves, but, you know, obviously he's not a wolf. A wolf mm-hmm. comes in the room, he's going to mess up my dog pretty quickly without me. I, I, heck, a, I don't know, dachshund could come in and mess up my dog. <laughs> But um, the point is he, he, he has, deep down, his DNA is probably still 98% wolf. 
probably even more than that. Right, probably. It's probably 99% wolf. Uh, and he, he, the things he does around the house are most likely genetic memories. Something that, I mean, he, how does he know what to do? He didn't have a, a mother or father teaching him. These, these genetic traits right. just come out and they help him survive. They helped his ancestors survive. So now he does that. So I, I don't see, I don't see any difference in the human animal. I don't see why we would be any different. You know, if you look at, and, and this is, I'm just making assumptions. I don't know if this is the case, but, uh, sleeping upstairs under blankets, there's gotta be something about like maybe going high on a hilltop or, or, or borrowing, you know, putting yourself under blankets, you know, we're right. always elevated. It's gotta be something there. Cause I know in, uh, I guess Borneo or whatnot, orangutans use like a banana tree leaves. Like every night they make a new bed. Oh, they're going to say to wipe their butts. Like that's ingenious. I mean, that's quite possible. (laughs) (laughs) They use corn husks. Yeah. But But they use, they they make their own little blankets out of banana leaves. I heard someone said that when you wake up and you're startled, like you're just about to fall asleep and then I'll see you and you feel like you're falling, that that is a genetic memory about falling out of trees when we were monkeys. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. So, so let's get back into it. Let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit more. And I feel like, I feel like I'm going to get hate for this episode, but I don't see why. Cause I'm just, I'm, I'm exploring an idea. Right. Uh, and the idea is, is it okay to teach my children that, you know, just by, I, by, and, and by saying man up, what I mean is instilling masculine qualities on my daughter. That's what it, it means. I mean, it doesn't mean saying you need to act like a man. It means, right. it means I think there's redeeming qualities and, and are there, I guess is the question. So, um, I guess on the flip side, if, what would something that your son would do yeah. that you would feminize him in a sense? Right. Um, well, I mean, well, if he's playing cooking at something, I mean, that's stereotypical, I guess that's bigoted and hateful in a sense, but well then then the yeah so do i think that there's actions that let's say so me showing my daughter um i don't know some sort of masculine quality do i think my wife i mean i think they do i think being raised by a woman um yeah it it brings those feminine qualities you know nurturing and and whatever because i see him do it um whether it's hugging his sister when she's hurt or something like that uh and, and maybe that isn't, you know, that's why, that's why we have conversations, liberals, because we don't know if, uh, <laughs> if that's the reason. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong and just people have these inside them and, and whatever. Um, but yeah, so, so to go back to the wolf and the, the grandpa and the, and the man bun, if we had to survive as groups, men had to have certain jobs and women had to have certain jobs. And if that didn't happen and that didn't work out, then we wouldn't be here today. Right. So, and that's, that's like 200,000 years. And if you really want to get into it with our relatives, it's millions of years. Right. It's millions of years of, of trial, error, trial, error, trial, error. And then as people survive, did you know people got down to like, I don't remember what the number was, but I think it was ridiculous. It was like, I might be making this number up, but it's like humans got down to like a thousand people and it could have been less. Wouldn't that be a giant genetic bottleneck then? Yes, but it was like 10,000 years ago. Yeah. I'm going to, hold on. This is, I never, ever want to do this on a uh, podcast, but, but let me look this up real quick, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to look up humans 
almost extinct. 70, 70, how human beings almost vanished from Earth 70,000 years ago. Um, humans got down to what? 40. We've waxed, we've waned. Let's just hope we wane gently because in our history, the worldwide population of human beings skidded so sharply, we were down to roughly 1,000 reproductive adults. One study says we hit as low as 40. What is that source? Well, let's take a look. That source is... Oh, Mad Magazine. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, there it's, you uh, go. <laughs> uh, NPR. I don't know. I, I, the source linked to NPR. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard that. Um, I don't think that was the source. It linked back to, I don't know, it just there's a link there, and then when I hit it, it goes to NPR. But let's say it was 1,000. Let's say they were off by 960 people. That's pretty, it's pretty insane. So, yeah, the odds of us not being here are, are they're remarkable. The fact that we're here is just like, okay. Um, so in order to survive, we had to just have roles, and I think those roles, just because we have iPhones, and cars and laptops and podcasts. It doesn't mean my dog and I isn't still 99% wolf and that we're not still 99% cavemen, which is why I do the paleo diet um, sometimes. So you're thinking the, uh, um, the clans, if you will, that didn't take in those quote gender roles. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, you know, Darwinian didn't make it and vanished. Well, I guess it would be what which came first. And I would think that the physical attributes came first. So there's a group of, um, I don't know what you would call them. I, don't, I honestly don't know what you would call them. They're not feminists there. Maybe they are feminists that say that there's no difference. There's zero differences between men and women, which is the most asinine thing in the world. Yeah. There's a... Uh, a kickboxer named Fallon Fox. So Fallon Fox was a male kickboxer and he got his ass kicked. He was terrible. So then he transitioned into a female kickboxer and he's beating the shit out of all these women. Right. Now, come on. The guy had, so I think it was in his thirties that he transitioned into a woman. So he has 30 years of testosterone coursing through testosterone causes bigger muscle mass, aggression, um, it causes your bone density to be increased. I mean, there's, so just take that alone. This guy's a kickbox. This woman's a kickboxer and she has 30 years of male shin bones yeah. and now goes into a ring. And when you look at this person, it's, it's, yeah, you just have to, uh, look up Fallon Fox. When you look at her, she's kicking the crap out of women and it's not fair. I don't think it's fair. Right. So in that idea that there's, there's no differences between men and women. No, you're, you're totally wrong. Um, it's just the way it is. It's right. just, <laughs> I mean, it's nature. I mean, is there a difference between do, can I go and play in the NBA tomorrow? If I work really hard over the next year, can I go in the NBA one year from today? No, <laughs> not a chance. Right. If I worked every day, 10 hours a day for the next 365 days, that's 3,650 hours every day as hard as I can. No, it's not going to happen. The, the chance is zero. What about the WNBA? Now there's a good question. I don't know. Um, 
they're taller than me. I mean, I'm only Some five, are, yeah. nine. So, so yeah, uh, that's a good question. But I, I can tell you that your chances would are greater to go to the WNBA than the NBA. Yeah, probably. But you're talking greater is one in a trillion versus one in a million. Right. Because I can't hit a three point. I mean, maybe I could to the point where I go. In the if NBA. you practice 365, 3,650 <laughs> hours, you think 3,650 hours would get me into, to be a professional athlete in one year at the age of 41. It has Hollywood written all over it. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. He was a man <laughs> that had a passion for basketball. Um, yeah. I almost fought, I almost fought uh, amateur mixed martial arts. When I was 30, I was trained up. I could have. I know very well I could have. And I, I, I don't know if I would have won or lost, but I wouldn't have been. It wasn't a dangerous proposition for me. Uh, I had trained at the time for, I mean, if you consider, I took 10 years off when I was in the Air Force in college, so that you take that 10 years off of training. But prior to that college in high school, I did karate, wrestling, and then after military, went back into wrestling and jujitsu and worked on boxing and worked on, I mean, I worked for years. Um, I didn't have kids, so I would go to school. I was going to school or I worked part-time while I was taking classes, and I would just go to the gym all day long. And... um, the guy I worked under, God, what was his name? Al Simmons uh, had asked me. He's like, yeah, do you, when are you going in, in, into the ring? And I'm like, hmm, I could do that. And then I, I started thinking about it, and then I thought, you know what? Being an amateur fighter, win, lose, or draw, whatever, what do you get on the other mm-hmm. side? Like, what do you get? I guess you can say you check that off your bucket list and you yeah. went into a cage and fought. You're one and no, but you still got to broken eye socket yeah yeah (laughs) or my hands i didn't know if i want to get into surgery or what the deal was so um and that aggression i mean that that aggression that that boys have i mean you have a son you see it that's that's a a masculine trait uh and that's why soldiers and and it's not and i think i i understand i guess where people could get upset right because we say okay soldiers are men that's a male dominated business but why is that? Was it because when America was founded, we said, hey, do you know what? Women suck, and I don't want them fighting in wars, so uh, let's just not let them be soldiers. No, it just it's because men were soldiers. It's just that's what they did. Because the idea is to w- win. Right. Well, do, I mean, Do whatever not, you can to win. Yeah, and, and, and having that aggression, that muscle mass... Uh, that's what that's what makes a good soldier. That makes a winning soldier. Now, again, I know, I know, I know. There's women soldiers out there. I know that, and I, I've flown into combat with female pilots that I felt 100% safe with. I wasn't saying there was no time where I was flying into Iraq where I was like, "Oh, this is a woman." I, because what if I'm doubting that, then I'm going to die, right? Yeah. Uh, because now I'm not doing my job. And so you know, I never thought, I never considered that my pilot was a woman. I never considered that my loadmaster was a woman or my engineer was a woman. I flow, I think every position except my position, I've flown in with a female in that position and I didn't care, right? They just had that, that drive to be pilots and um, warriors. So, I mean, fine. But I'm saying in general, mm-hmm. in general, it's a masculine quality or, or, or whatever. So do you think that's, that's a trouble, troubling thing to say? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think if you take emotion out of it and just listen to what you were saying, yeah, you know, analyze it. What happens if you take the masculine out of a household? 
So uh, you have a household. Did you know, I'm going to butcher the statistic, but it's real. The statistic's real. I'm just going to butcher it so you can find out what the real one is. That if you add parents, two parents in a household, and high school graduation, and marriage before child. So two parents, which I guess that goes with marriage, before having a child, and a high school graduation. The crime statistics, the... Crime statistics level out. You you don't see a majority of minorities <laughs> in prison. Right. That that level then goes equal whites, equal blacks, not equal um, equally represented. I guess you should say. Right. But you take the masculine out of the home, and it, it's obviously going to cause problems. It's obviously going to cause problems because. I feel like, and you've seen it over the over the course of the last thirty years, that men are kind of the butt of jokes. You know, they're the, they're the goof on TV. Right. The dad doesn't know how to do anything. The, the bumbling the dad kids. and the yeah. the attractive uh, wife. Yeah, and it's like it, it. I think it's a microcosm for this idea that men are uh, disposable. You know, have being the, the masculine dad is a goofball. We don't have to pay attention to him, and it's not a, a good quality. And then when you stand up for it, somehow that means you're anti-female, which is, I guess it's just the nature of, part, uh, not partisan politics, but identity politics. If you don't, if you, how, how would that be? So. Like if you cheerlead for one side. A lot of people will think that you're knocking you're knocking the other side, right? But that's not the case, right? But you can cheerlead for your side if you're the perceived subordinate, right? So women are the perceived subordinate; they make up more than fifty percent of the population, so they're actually the majority. Mm-hmm. But if you stick up for men, well, now you are a chauvinist or yeah. something like that, a pig, or yeah. yeah. But I have to raise a man, you know. I have to make sure he's raised right. And if, do I think taking away his masculinity is the way to do that? No. No, I don't want to raise a feminine boy. Oh, what's wrong with feminine? What are you saying? There's something wrong with feminine, dude? No, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with feminine. I'm saying feminine qualities are for women. That's that's how that's how the universe works. Right. What about if it were like 95% masculine, 5% feminine for your son? Would that be okay? I mean, yeah, because it's because everybody needs compassion. Well, I think also, I, I think society, again, we think we make up these institutions. We think, oh, human, we're so smart. We made up marriage. We made up courts. We made up uh, all these are symptoms or I don't want to say symptoms. These are uh, remnants of of uh, evolutionary survival. Right. So what are the court systems? They're to make sure people are honest. There to make sure people don't steal. Well, in a tribe, the person who stole or was selfish would have would cost the the entire group. Mm-hmm. So they were either I don't know what they did back in the Stone Age. Probably killed them or yeah. ate them or banished whatever. Them to, banished yeah. them. Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of what we still do today. Yeah, we lock them up and we banish them. So um, the lights are flickering because it's hurricane night again. This is the third hurricane episode I've ever done in the last two years. Um, so yeah, I think that's all. That's all carryover. Um, it's just renamed. Yeah. So it's a court system, but, but you know, in, in the paleo, it was named something else, or probably wasn't named anything at all. Mm-hmm. It's just what it was. Yeah. It's just how you survived. Yeah, they probably didn't care. 
I'm pretty sure there wasn't a caveman sharpening his flint stone, stalking a mammoth and thinking, do you know what? I think I identify more with the feminine. I think I identify more as feminine. They didn't care about that shit. <laughs> or maybe he thought he identifies as a mammoth. That's right. I think he was like, I better kill this mammoth or we're going to die. Yeah. And now, and then, you know what? That, that I think is one of the bigger problems that we face today as humans in general is that we forget who we were. Did you ever see the, um, the documentary called Blackfish? It was about a killer whale. Yeah, I did see that. Yep. Yeah. Interesting, right? They take a whale out of his environment, put him in a swimming pool. His fin flopped over and he went crazy and killed how many people? Like three people. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and he didn't kill them all at once. That was the even creepier thing. He killed one like 30 years ago and then 10 years ago. And then most recently he killed another. That's, that is all because that animal was taken out of his natural habitat. You, you messed with, you came in and you said, okay, okay, nature, I'm a human. I know what's going on here and we will take him out of that, uh, habitat and we will make up our own for him and it'll work out just fine. No, it doesn't work out just fine. Um, this is a long way of saying, cause you had said, would I raise my son 5% feminine or, or whatever? I guess it depends on what feminine quality was showcased. Yeah. So if, I don't know, I'm not, you know, all up about, um, feminism, what is feminist, right. Um, or feminine, I guess right. would be better. Um, something could be, you know, you could have two things that are feminine and one you would not want your son and the other one you'd be okay if your son had that aspect of femininity in him sure if you want him to excel in the traditional role of being a man in society um because he won't i mean again so you can misconstrue all this stuff right. that's why you gotta you gotta like walk a tightrope but it shouldn't be because when you take it at face value you know what like what i'm gonna say at face value means exactly what it is if i want him to excel as a traditional man in society then there's rules that he needs to follow these mm -hmm. roles i should say not rules roles that he has to follow um but now you could misconstrue that and say oh uh so what's the other way is it negative right i'm a libertarian i don't give a f i don't care what you do right so to me there is no negative as long as it doesn't impede on anyone else's liberty right so so there people don't get upset i'm just saying we're talking traditional here uh and and what's wrong with traditional because like we said with those crime stats traditional roles tend to lead to stable societies. Right. Seems like it. Anyways. You would think, you would think that's what everybody would want. Yeah. The end game, not necessarily the, the way to get to it. Right. So, so yeah, I guess. And, and, and it only makes sense. Like it only makes sense that as, as a man, take away everything else, take away the house, take away the cars, take away the laptops if it's just me and him out on the plane and I'm teaching him how to stalk a mammoth, then that's what I'm going to do. Our mammoths are different, right? Our mammoths are, you know, how to navigate this society that we live in, but right. it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have him navigate it the way I know how to navigate it. And that's with my male qualities. Now, marriage, on the other hand, I think marriage civilizes men. <laughs> I think, I think the, the lesson in femininity comes through that a lot of it comes through that because you only have your mom only has you for a few years right and then um we were listening to mighty mighty boss Stones when we started this and and as a 
teenager, I used to listen to them all the time. We used to go down, what are those guys called that have the, they drink Pabst Blue Ribbon and they have the man bun. What are those guys Hipsters? Called? Hipsters, yeah. Hipsters always think, they're always like, oh, we, we thought of this first or we listened to that band first or whatever right. before it was cool. Well, we were kind of that way with the Boston's. They were like our band. Oh, they okay. were local. We knew them. We went to a show. Like we were like 14 maybe. We went to our first show getting the mosh pit and stuff. Um, that was our band. But we were out of control. Uh, I mean, I don't know how in my little group of friends, maybe there was like five of us. I don't know how. You think Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> it, like if I got on the stand, they'd be like, Kevin, you want to be a. No, I mean, it probably nothing bad, but just being boys, like mm-hmm. shooting each other with pellet guns or riding on the roof of cars, you know, right. things like that. Women tend not to do that. Right. They just don't. So there's another big difference right there, that aggression, that um, daredevil gene right. or whatever. I think there's a, a Twitter feed or something that just, it's highlights of like why um, women live longer than men. Yeah. And it's just dudes just doing ridiculous things. Yeah, and it's true though, because at, at uh, it's Trudeau, um, when, when babies are born, there's more men than there, or there's more boys and girls initially. It's like mm-hmm. one or 2% but we just die off quicker. And right. so by the time you get to like middle age, it's more women than men. Um, there's also this theory too, that the XY gene, so the sperm with the XY gene, that Y chromosome is, is lighter. So it's easier to, for them to get to the egg. Cause the, cause egg it has much mass. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. I guess if you think about it, but man, you're talking about tiny, tiny differences, yeah. but I guess a sperm is tiny. Right. Sex ed. That's what we're talking about today on Wait, what if podcast? So, yeah, so men are, I mean, boys, I guess, do that. Now, that carried on as a single guy. Do I think getting married at 29 was beneficial? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Should I have been younger? What, what would it have done? I don't know. I survived to 29. So, but women tend to put the brakes on that. Um, again, because of really what, what marriage and what the role of men and women are is reproduction, right? You can filter it all the way down to that. Right. Uh, Heck, it's why wars are fought. It's everything. Everything comes down. Every single thing comes down to reproduction. Um, And that's why men get married. And men aren't going to reproduce if they're jumping off cliffs or fighting tigers. Right. (laughs) Barehanded. Um, So, yeah, women. So by getting married, I guess, you, you learn a softer quality. Like, I learned more about... No, but I, I learned a lot about, I, so I learned how to be a socialized male through college friends, <laughs> military friends, fighters. Uh, I don't know. A lot of aggression, a lot of, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I learned qualities like nurturing, patience, tolerance. Um, I'm trying to think of like listening, listening. Yeah. From my wife and from my daughter when my son, because when you're that age, it's really boys and girls are the same. But, right. But even then, like, um, they tested, they tested, they studied Reese monkeys maybe. And they looked at what boy monkeys and girl monkeys would rather play with. And boy monkeys actually played with things very thing oriented. Um, and I think the boy monkey played with a car. So this is a monkey. He doesn't know what he is. Right. All he knows is I'd rather play with this car and girl monkeys rather play. They, they would rather play with this plush 
face. It was like a doll that had big eyes and mm-hmm. ears and all that stuff. And I studied them pretty extensively. It wasn't just a coincidence. They kept showing it and, and over and over and again, the female monkeys would nurture a doll and the boy monkeys would play with a car. Same thing happens with my kids. Right. So it's not um, you as a parent giving your kids nothing but those toys. I mean, usually that's how it works out. Yeah. But a lot of people think that, you know, if you give your son dolls and stuff, they don't play with that. But if he's anything like my son, he probably, you know, rip the arm off and use his arm as a gun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's, so we have our own little experiment because we had, we had my son and then a year later we had my daughter. And so they're pretty much developmentally playing with the same toys. And, and we never, we weren't like, Oh, summer, here's all these pink toys and babies and things like that for you. No, no, no. We, we, I mean, we bought stuff for both of them. Legos, bricks, um, dolls. Yes. My daughter got dolls, but she wanted them. She picked them out, right? We didn't get it as a baby. We just stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. And she she is very focused on like the relationship of her dolls with the other dolls who are sisters, who are cousins, mm-hmm. who are, um, she's very, that's all she talks about. Even when she uses other things, it's always like, oh, this is so-and-so's sister. Um, and she plays with the dolls. She does play with, so my son loves Legos. My daughter likes Legos. <laughs> My daughter loves dolls. My my son will play with dolls with her, but mm-hmm. it's more like you're like you said, smashing them together and stuff. And that's yeah. that's we. There's no way that's we didn't. We just let them kind of figure it out on their own, right? So you can see it at a young age. Yeah. So I don't know. So back to the original. So your daughter question. would use the dolls as like a in the social aspect, whereas your son could use them as this is gonna be team A, this will be team B, and they're gonna arm meet up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, she's got a dollhouse and they have, um, birthday parties and, and I play <laughs> it's so funny, uh, trying to, as a 40 year old adult male, the, one of the hardest things to do is to be actively engaged playing dolls with the four year old girl. <laughs> It's, I mean, I'll, I do it. I do it for hours, especially on Fridays when I'm with her most of the day. And it's like every minute of the, it's not like, like with my son, we can put on, we can do Legos an hour will go by. Cause you're not thinking really, you're just putting mm-hmm. Legos together. But when you have to be engaged with these dolls and you know, you mess up the dolls names, you're trying to remember the name of all the dolls and why they're all in a car and going to a birthday party and, <laughs> and you're on the floor and you're like, man, this is hard work. Yeah, you can't you can't flake out on that. You gotta stay engaged. And after like the first two hours, it kind of kind of wanes. Yeah, it really does. You really got to, uh, uh, I guess, pay attention. So, it's not really more that I want to talk about. Just that I think it's okay to to teach my daughter masculine qualities. And if I tell her to man up, it's not because being a girl is bad. I think I made that abundantly clear. Right. <laughs> being girls aren't bad. My favorite, I, I wrote this during the argument uh, on Facebook, that my favorite people in the world, my now I'm not discounting my son, my son falls in that, but four out of five of them are women. Hmm. <laughs> or I say four out of six. It's my, my mom, my wife, my daughter, my sister, um, my grandmother, right? These are all women. They're 
I, I, so, and it's funny cause I feel like I'm, I'm backstepping and protecting myself, but I'm not, but it's in today's day and age, you have to do that. Right. And anything you say can be taken out of context. And, uh, I don't know. Even if you flat out say, this is what I'm saying. Right. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. To some people. Yeah. And that's too bad because then you can't have conversations, which maybe that's the reason. If, if you, if you counter, if someone's trying to have a, a rational talk like we just did, but I don't like it and I don't want you to talk like that, I can just counter with you're a racist, you're a misogynist. Right. And then you're going to stop talking because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to be labeled that. Right. Or you're going to stop and think, oh, what did I say? Okay. No, that's not what I meant. So I got to say that. And now you're defending being called a misogynist or a racist. And now you're spending your time <clears throat> defending something that you're not because someone doesn't want you to talk. And then that, that, that echoes, that echoes throughout social media and it echoes on the news and it echoes everywhere. And then also it becomes a reality. And now people walk around and, you know, tiptoeing, trying not to mm-hmm. offend people. And it's like, God, why can't we just talk? But if you talk, then ideas are debated. <clears throat> Which is good. Um, it's like the, uh, mean what you say and then say what you mean. Yes. As yeah. opposed to, this is what I'm saying, oh, right. but here's how you're hearing it. Yeah. Or this is what I want to say, but I don't want you to hear it the wrong way. So I'm right. going to say it differently. And right. now I don't even know what I'm saying. Right. That's double speak. Yeah. That's uh, George Orwell, 1984. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what we're heading towards. I say kind of, I mean, it is. Yeah. There's words. Okay. So do I want someone to use the N word? No. Would I use it? No. But now we have to say the N word, right? And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right. But due to double speak, it's like, it's like, oh, it's, it, that's just a, uh, the R word. The, there's uh, all these things yeah. that you can't well, say. Well, on CNN, it was the M word for mob. Uh, did they actually say that? Yeah. They said the M word. word. Yes. Well, when a mob of people come at you, it's a yeah. mob. Because there's the whole right wing, left wing mob mentality. Yeah. If, the, if a Tea Party does something, it's the mob. But if the, the protesters in Kavanaugh banging on the courtroom door, that was not mob behavior. Clawing, clawing at the courtroom door. Yeah, that was not mob behavior to some lady on CNN. Do you know what? what that said to me? That lady ran up, started banging on the door, and it was so disingenuous. Because what, what, what do they think on the other side of the door? So she started, did you see the way she was like trying to use she, her fingernails and yeah. open it up? Okay, A, that's not going to work. It was her giant oak doors. Yeah. Okay, number one. She, she, it was a selfie. So politically in the modern day and age, people do political selfies and it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm literally taking a picture, but it's, I want this image. This is how I want the image. This Mm -hmm. is, I'm painting an image for everyone. And the image is, I am a woman tearing at the walls of justice by trying to open up the doors. And no, you just look like an idiot. (laughs) And when you get through those doors, like, let's say she did, let's say that her little fingernails, pried the door open what's on the other side does she think that they're like right there swearing in and they go oh my gosh they got in yeah she's gonna pry open the doors and fall into the the days where they're sitting yeah yeah no god come on but inside that person is probably blue bubble or red bubble depending on what what you're t- talking about that's all that matters mm-hmm. yeah and then the other thing too is you know they say dehumanize your enemy and then they're not your enemy it's what they do in the military because then you don't think twice about punching them, killing right. them. Well, you call everyone a Nazi. Nobody likes Nazis, so now it's okay to 
go to a baseball game and shoot it up. That's one of Cass Sunstein's rules for radicals. Oh, it's dehumanizing? Yeah. I've never read that. There's like 10 of them, and it's, it's pretty much play, textbook of what they're doing. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you dehumanize, but you can do it in other ways, too. Um, you know, the, this whole idea that people should, people have a, so let's say you are, you know, let's, let's say you're not racist, or I think the majority of people are not racist. I don't think they give a shit. Uh, both sides. I think most black people just want to get along with white people. And white right. people just want to, we don't care. We don't care. We're, we got jobs. We got families. We got, I don't know, Christmas and 4th of July. And no one, no one Other cares. Other things to worry about right. than that. But then if you have harmony, well, you need discordance in order to have someone come in and, and fix that. You need, you need, you can't have everything. The race hustlers. Yeah. Yeah. So then you say, oh, guess what, Kevin? You know how um, you say that you're not racist and you get along with deep down inside you really are and you just don't know it. So all these little actions that you do, like you drove a truck to work today, that was racist. And then people start going, wait, wait, no, I'm not racist, but maybe I am. And now, so if my neighbor was a racist, right, if he was just some old asshole on his front porch dropping in bombs and wearing a KKK hood. Okay, great. That guy's an asshole. Right. We, we would all agree that. Right. He's, and no one would care if someone went up and punched him. But if you now take the average citizen and you paint him like that, you know, I'm not I'm not a racist, but maybe maybe I am secretly the guy with the KKK hood. And now not only are you dehumanizing yourself, but your political opponents are now the scum of the earth. Right. Subconsciously. So they don't even know they're doing it, but they're doing it anyway. God damn. We are in such a weird time. I don't know what to do. And the racial grievance industry is strong and has been for quite a while. As far as we get the, you know, some of the people that that's their only job is to, Oh yeah. Get offended by what somebody may or may not have said. Usually didn't say that's all the time. Yeah. You can get, you can get rich off of that. And why can't you be offended? Right? Like why can't you be offended? Like I, that's offensive. Okay. Yeah, nowhere in the Constitution to say you can't be offended. But here's the paint, the picture they paint. They say, okay, but he, but what is going on is systemically you're offending a group of people, and whether it's females, males, Jews, whatever, it's not males because males would never be. You know what I mean? They can't right. be the victim again. Why? Because this has been beaten to the yeah. yeah. So and you're seeing it. Uh, I just watched a video. Was I watching it with you? No, but it was the same show. Steve Dace. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was showing a video where these people were screaming at a guy trying to get to work. They were Antifa. And they were screaming, you're old, you're white. And they were getting in his way. Oh, the guy that drove his car? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was in Portland. Okay. Or Seattle in those two. Yeah. yeah. So here you have an individual screaming at another individual about their race and their age. And that's okay? <laughs> Because because it is okay because you painted this picture that there's a group who are dehumanized and and I don't know you can now do stuff like that yeah they become the enemy not yeah. just a a foe if you will yeah but I saw uh, online the other day somebody says you never and never hear how about Antifa in Texas oh really <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all right well that was fun maybe we'll maybe we'll go out with a little uh. 
don't get mad at me. That was, um, you know, you got to have these conversations. If you don't, then um, the topic will still be out there. Yeah, and it'll be hidden, right? Yeah. So here we go. Someday, I suppose, we will have people that can have a conversation. This is someday, I suppose. I can't monetize this because uh, this is copyright material. But this is the Mighty Mighty Boston's off of Scott Cord, The Devil More, 1992 band that I used to frequent their shows. We'll only play a couple seconds because um, that's all I'm allowed to play. Till next time. <laughs>